It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. In a game featuring just one potential starter, the Bengals get absolutely shellacked 36-23 to in the first game at Paycor Stadium. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Preseason game one in the books. Joe Burrow ran a little bit before the game. We'll update you on what's going on with Joe Burrow, Jesse Bates, and Quentin Spain to finish up the show. But the reason we're talking about Quentin Spain is because the starting offensive line in this game, which is a backup offensive line, and they're missing Deontay Smith. So the positions got shuffled from left to right. It was Isaiah Prince, Jackson Carmen, Trey Hill, Lamont Gilliard, and Hakeem Adenogy to start the game. Didn't go so great for those guys. And all eyes were on Jackson Carmen. You go back to our game preview from yesterday, if, if you listen every day, you heard James and I say these were guys that started for this team or me specifically. I think you agree with me, James. These are these are guys that started for this team in the Super Bowl in Adenogy and in Isaiah Prince. And this is a guy that's all but been handed the opportunity to start for this team coming off a Super Bowl run in Jackson Carmen. They're going to be going up against second and third stringers from the Arizona Cardinals. They should be good. You should expect them to go out there and win their individual matchups and not have too many mistakes. Well, we didn't get that, clearly. According to PFF, Jackson Carmen played 31 snaps. He played the entire first half. He gave up four pressures on those 31 snaps. He also, of course, had a a penalty. And that is far from you want to see. It wasn't much better for Isaiah Prince and Hakeem Adenogy. Adenogy playing, I think, out of position at tackle, to be fair, but... Mm -hmm wasn't great for any of those guys of the starters Lamont Gilliard won a surprise starter in my opinion didn't expect to see him out there with the the second team offensive line but with the shuffling good for him and and uh Trey Hill I thought you know those guys were the least uh they jumped off the screen the least but here we are James talking about the offensive line after you spent how many episodes this offseason saying we don't want to be talking about the offensive line Yep. It's look, it's unfortunate. And let's call it like it is. And we said it, but let's just be clear. Ted Karras, Jonah Williams, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins did not play. So four fifth, 80% of your starting offensive line didn't play. Get that, understand that. But neither did the Cardinals defensive line. And that's the problem here. The problem is, is Jackson Carmen still looked confused at times, still um, was, was getting beat and bull rushed. The, the time where Brandon Allen gets sacked. He has nowhere to step up. Even though Isaiah Prince held his block 
pretty well and forced his guy downfield. And so you would want a pocket for Allen to be able to step up into. He couldn't. And then he ended up, you know, getting, you know, hit and all of those things that went into that. And obviously he was concussed at one point or, you know, uh, it might have been that play actually where he, he suffered it a was. concussion. But yeah, but uh, didn't come back, you know, after uh, obviously going through protocol. So that's what you don't want to see. And the, the worrisome part about it to me isn't the fact that. You know, this backup offensive line. You know, Isaiah Prince, do I want him to, to improve? Absolutely, it would be great. Or Akeem Adeniji, it'd be great. Or insert whoever you want to say. The difference is, is 79, Jackson Carmen, is supposed to start. He's the starter. He He's the guy that they drafted 46th overall for a reason. Is, is to, okay, fine, he's not going to start as a rookie. Or he's not good enough and there's little things that he needs to work on and he's not working as hard. Well, what do we hear all offseason? Working hard, dropping weight, dedicated, all of these things. And then he goes out there and he gets made look. He looked like a fool at times. And, and not like – I'm not b- being personal about this. But when you're supposed to – for example, if Jamar Chase goes out there and drops three passes like he did last preseason, right, it, it's fair to criticize him. And we could say, oh, well – you know, it's just preseason and, and all of those things. But Jamar Chase's track record was about 15,000 times better than Jackson Carmen's track record. Okay? And he still got criticism. So th- that's the part of it where it's like, man, he was like this last year. There were work ethic concerns. He supposedly fixed those and he's working really hard. Well, then show it. This is the time where you show it and show it off and get that highlight tape. And... Instead, it's a low-light tape. And I wrote this at All Bengals. To me, going into tonight, it felt like the door was cracked for Cordell Volson. Not wide open. Uh, there wasn't a, a ton of a... It wasn't breezy in, in the left guard battle room. And instead of slamming the door shut, Jackson Carmen just slammed the door open. And I, I think it's about as open as it's been all offseason at left guard based on, on what he did on Friday night. Yeah, I think that where my tune has kind of been let's wait and see what Carmen does in a game situation he seems to be the odds on favorite Frank Pollock is speaking of him glowingly in a way that we wouldn't expect Frank Pollock to go out of his way to do and you can't do what Carmen did at any time and if you're going to expect to be a starter in the NFL yes it's one game yes it's one half of one game there's time for him to write the ship there's time for him to to show that he should be the starter, but he has to show it. Mm -hmm. And Cordell Volson, given playing against even deeper guys on the Cardinals depth chart, did show it. He played pretty well, was probably the, the best offensive lineman for the Cincinnati Bengals on Friday night. And I mean, low bar, but he, he didn't look lost. He -hmm. looked aware He recovered after occasionally giving up a little bit of ground early in reps. He was instrumental on a Jacquez Patrick touchdown run, getting his guy like seven yards deep into the end zone. And there's different quality of competition here, but there's a very clear takeaway for me, which is at the very least, Volson needs to play earlier next week. And like you said, James, I, I love I love the way you've written about this. It's an open competition, much more so in my eyes, if I were making the decisions than it was before this game, because Volson played well and Carmen did not. 
And, and it's that simple. You have to play well in these preseason games to earn this spot. And, and I just hope that this isn't the same mistake that we've seen this team occasionally make before with picking the right players to have the chance on the offensive line. Let the best player win. And let the preseason and, and practices and things tell you who the best player is. Right now, it doesn't look like Jackson Carmen. It doesn't. And so one thing my colleague, Elise Jesse, was sitting right next to me in the, in the press box. And she's observing certain things and seeing certain things that I'm not and interpreting things and stuff. And so she takes her binoculars and looks down when the offense is on the sideline in the first half. And guess who Frank Pollock is yelling at? Jackson Carmen. It was not a pleasant conversation. And it stood out to her right from the jump. And the, that's the thing is, is as you were describing that, Volson and Carmen and the best guy and all of those things. Well, that's what Frank Pollock is, man. I'll tell you right now, he doesn't give a damn that Carmen was a second round pick. He does not care. Maybe some in the organization care. I'll tell you right now, Frank Pollock does not care about that. He wants someone that's going to do everything that he described when they drafted Cordell Volson. Be accountable. Work hard. Own your mistakes. Fix the mistakes. Do all of the little things that, that are necessary to make it in the league. We, we talked about how that messaging was sent, it felt like, at the time. And so, yeah, I, I think Cordell Volson... Literally the first drive, the first drive he was in, it was three plays, I think. And it's like, oh, 67, huh? Like, right away. Like, yeah. I, there was, that's what should have happened tonight in the first quarter with Jackson Carmen. Mm -hmm. And that didn't happen. And so that is disappointing. The good news is, though, Jake, is that there are some things mm -hmm. to be excited about. As negative as we started this podcast, and they, come on, let's be honest, they, they got blown out. But there were some good things that happened on Friday night as well. So we'll dive into those next right here on Locked on Bengals. But first, a word from Bet Online because let's be honest, Joey B, we're going to get to the update on Joey B. But if you want to bet on him to, to win MVP, to be MVP, you can do that. You can wager on this Bengals team to win the AFC North or win the AFC or finish the job this time and win it all. You can do all of those things and more, including wagering on Major League Baseball. The Padres, probably no longer contenders this year, huh? 80-game suspension for Tatis. So maybe you wager on the Dodgers. Maybe you want to get in on NBA future bets. You can do all of that in one spot, bet online. I've used them. I've made some money doing it. You can too. So don't delay. Sign up for free right now at Bet Online, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. James, you mentioned we're going to get into good news and some good performances in this part of the show, and we uh -oh. will. Just really quick, uh -oh. wanted to just—I uh -oh. just want to hit some 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 notes. These aren't negatives; they're just notes. Oh, so okay. You, oh, you okay. mentioned Brandon uh -oh. Allen had the concussion. Mitchell Wilcox yeah. left the game with an ankle injury, and Cam Taylor Britt, we learned, had a core muscle injury. He's expected to miss a little bit of time. He did not play, of course. And I think Isaiah Prince left the game late 
and and may have sustained an injury as well. So those are some of the injury notes. Just wanted to make sure we got those in there before we move on to to some of the positives. And and we talked about Volson. That was certainly a positive, I think. I, I think that's, that Volson showed that he he has a chance in this competition. And, and so it wasn't all negative, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But mm-hmm. uh, a couple other positives. Chris Evans, I think, stood out for, for the right reasons, had a, a touchdown run and, a, well, two touchdown runs potentially that were called back. Uh, for for penalties and regardless of those penalties Chris Evans looked fantastic on those plays decisive one cut got downfield showed the speed showed the burst showed the the vision to to find those lanes was really good on his kickoff return as well 41 yards baby at least one of the kickoff return opportunities he's had he had Uh, Trent Taylor Kendrick Pryor we talked a lot about Kwame Lasseter coming into this game but Kendrick Pryor man Talk about a guy making the most of his opportunities. He started the game with Stanley Morgan and Trent Taylor, for one. He was on the field before Kwame Lasseter and had a whole lot more opportunities on offense. And I think that it's an uphill battle for Pryor. But seven targets, 89 yards, had that big touchdown catch, had that one-handed catch that Zach Taylor had to challenge to to get, to, uh, get, get the completion rolling. But yep. he and Trent Taylor... Really nice nights as receivers doing things in, in very different ways. But those three guys from a skill position perspective, and I know how you love your skill skill guys, James, they, they stood out for the right reasons. Oh, man. All right. So where do I start here? All right. Do, do I start with Trent Edelman or Kendrick Chase? Uh-huh. I mean, Kendrick Moss. I mean, what, what do you what do you want me to do here? What, what do you want me to nickname these guys? Chris Evans is already his name's Captain America. That's pretty good. I'm not changing his name. Whew. Uh, first off, Chris Evans, thank you. You, you showed out. You showed out. You showed up. And, um, man, I, one, I don't know why the hell he was in the game for as long as he was. Uh, that's the point. You have Travion Williams and, and Jock Patrick. And I was looking. I'm like, 25 is still out there? Like, what are we doing? And so maybe there is the, this RB3 battle, but there better not be any battle. Because, uh, honestly, how many 65-yard runs does Joe Mixon go on? I'm just, and I get it. I understand. There's a holding penalty, and I'm not saying Chris Evans is better than Joe Mixon, but I'm saying he's got juice. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if you got a guy that has that type of juice, he can help you on offense. So uh, that wasn't me belittling Joe Mixon by any stretch. It's propping up Chris Evans. So we'll start there. Two, yeah, I really like Trent Taylor uh, in his rapport, his ability to, to, to get open underneath, and he obviously made that nice catch downfield, the 36-yarder from Jake Browning, who I thought had a nice night overall. But Kendrick Pryor, I mean, we, we talked about both of them, to our credit. Kwame Lasseter mm. and Kendrick Pryor. Now, Lasseter got more run, no doubt about it, in camp. And it's because he's he made more plays, and I think he had a better OTAs. But Pryor, over the past, I'd say, two weeks, you know, week and a half uh, of practices, it seems like he's making a couple plays, making a couple plays, making a couple plays. And uh, he was really excited. Uh, I'll say that after the game. I got the chat with him for a second. I was like, what would you do with the touchdown ball? He was like... Man, I should have kept it. I spun it. I didn't know what touchdown dance to do. <laughs> so he said, "I'll keep, I'll keep the one in the regular season." But uh, he, you could tell he was really excited uh, after the game, and he should be because he played really well. Uh, I also think that you know what happened to I, that ball. What, what happened to that ball is is Plitt ran down there before he even celebrated with his teammates. He scoops up the ball and then he congratulates Fryer. 
So, so oh, Plitt has the ball, the quarterback perfect. the ball. There you go. Good. And here's why I was literally, we are on the same wavelength. This is a Cincinnati kid's dream, yeah. what Drew Plitt did tonight. He, he was at the AFC title game as a fan in January, okay? Because Drew Plitt, Bengals fan, Loveland native. So he gets signed before training camp starts because of the Joe Burrow stuff and, and, and the appendectomy and everything. So he gets signed on July 26th. He goes out there, wasn't necessarily going to play. Brandon Allen gets concussed. Jake Browning goes out there, throws 24 passes. So Plitt gets him run in the fourth quarter. Six for six, 76 yards, a touchdown, a perfect quarterback rating in front of 60,700-plus people. Like, that is the dream. Mm -hmm. He got to put on the jersey. He got to practice with all these guys. But then he got to go out there and lead a touchdown drive and was perfect. And thank you so much for that detail because I did not realize that. Uh, just I was writing at the time and finishing up the, the, the games ob game observation story. But the fact that he was able to get that ball – Good for Drew Plitt because uh, that is literally the dream. And right now I think every single one of our listeners and viewers and probably two people on here at, at one point or another were like, man, that would be the dream. And uh, none of us are as good of a quarterback as Drew Plitt. So congrats to him. Yeah, good for him getting to, to live that out. Let's go to the defensive side. Sorry. And he'll play next week, probably, with Brandon Allen concussed. I would imagine it might play next week a little bit. So Yeah, we'll see. There, there's a little bit more time between the games, but maybe they will want to preserve Brandon Allen's health. You could certainly mm -hmm. see that. Uh, Taylor did say after the game that he didn't anticipate needing to sign a quarterback. Speaking of signing guys, maybe we hold this for the third segment. I have some knee-jerk guys I might call if oh, I was this is a good tease. Tobin. This is a good uh, tease. Yeah, baby. But, but let's go back. The, the Jake positive. with the take. Take Jake. All right, go. Well, the, I, I mean, they are knee-jerk. Like, this is if I were to make a knee-jerk reaction. But anyway, on the defensive side of the ball, Zach Carter, 55 snaps. Played, like, the entire game. And yeah, baby, I, I love I it. Early in particular, he showed some, some acumen. He showed some awareness on those QB keepers for uh, the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, Trace McSorley, who – was really good uh, to his credit. But but Zach Carter, I think, on both of those keepers, one of them he could have gotten a holding call in his favor. I think he got held a little bit trying to disengage with his block. There was a hand in the in the collar a little bit for him. But later he he got off his block and he made made the play on a Trace McSorley keeper. Had some nice pressures, I thought. I thought he played pretty well. I, I, he wore down a little bit as the game went on. 55 snaps is... For, for a guy that I think is going to be a rotational player, talk about guys that stayed in the game a little bit too long, and, mm -hmm. and I think he's one of them. Him, Chris Evans, Dax Hill. Dax Hill also, I thought, was really good. PFF is saying that he gave up a touchdown. I think that touchdown was not his responsibility. He was, he was a safety on that play. I think that 33, Trey Flowers, had responsibility for the receiver. He bit harder on the play action than Dax Hill did, and Hill tried to clean it up. Almost got there, but giving up a lot of ground when you bite on play action and you're coming from the middle of the field. Almost had two interceptions, both of them really nice plays. One of them high-pointing mm -hmm. the ball in the end zone on just like a flutter ball toward the back pylon. Uh, almost a really, really great play from him. So he showed what you wanted to see. You, he, he showed yeah. those flashes. That's what you wanted to see from Dax Hill in this game. Jeff Gunter, another guy who had a really nice game. 30 pass rushes, five pressures, was a, a player in the run game as well. And... 
you know, right now you would think he's he's got an inside track to making this roster. Yeah, and who was uh the guy from the kid from Purdue last year that ever forty four? Um, you know what I'm talking about the pass rusher oh, everyone loved. Are you thinking of Hodge? Darius Hodge. Yeah, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the I difference remember between him being from Purdue. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's not from Purdue. Might be wrong about that. But Darius Hodge. Last year, Darius Hodge, like, people were like, man, this kid, he's got it. The difference between Hodge and Gunter to me is I think Gunter does have it. Like, he has the size. He has all of these things. Like, Hodge, some of those sacks last year were just kind of like right place, right time type of, like, luck out stuff almost, which is good. And that's going to happen to any, you know, it can happen anytime. But Gunter just makes plays and makes plays and makes plays. It, it's like prior. It really is. Um, the past week and a half or so has really come on. It's like, oh, is that 93? That's 93 again? Oh, my God, 93 just blew past Jonah? Oh, 93 did that. And, and so when he had that pass defense early, I think first mm-hmm. drive of the game, it was like, oh, Jeff Gunter. <laughs> Uh-oh, here we go. And uh, so, yeah, really, really excited about him. I, I think it's... I think it's legit. I don't think this is like preseason, oh, this happened and this happened to make it happen, um, if that makes sense at all. But like with Darius Hodge, some of it was kind of juiced numbers, inflated numbers, I guess would be the word to use. Gunter's just a, a baller, man. He's just a player. So I, I think he's, if I had to say now, I think he'd probably make the team for sure with the way he's played. And look, he's a seventh round pick. It's not like it was a given that he was going to make the team, but it, it feels like he's going to. Yeah, and it's still like a bit of an uphill battle perhaps because Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, Cam Sample, Joseph Osai definitely making the team. Khaled Kareem probably making the team. So do they keep six edge rushers? That that would be the question. James, there's more to talk about in this game. Evan McPherson put on a show in the first half. Joe Burrow ran. Jesse Bates showed up. Plenty to talk about to finish up the show. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, let's start with my man, Money Mac. Um, Uh, Most popular kicker in the league. It was a it was a damn it, it was. And I get Justin Tucker exists, people. Ravens fans don't come for me. But this crowd went crazy. Crazy before the kick, not not after the kick, before the kick, and so you know how much more pressure there is. And, and then he mentioned uh, without me uh, on NFL Network, and guess what the DJ plays without me. You got his during, son. I mean, look, he's uh, he's got ice water water in his veins and uh, uh, money uh, as as a right leg because that dude just 
58 yards, 56 yards, snapper different, holder different. Don't matter to Money Mac. So, yeah, he's uh, he's a very, very important piece of this team, Jake, no doubt. Yeah, and, I, I mean, both of those kicks were good from 60-plus. And, you know, they, they started to maybe push a little bit outside the uprights, but they had plenty of leg, and they were, like I said, they were good from 60-plus. They weren't going to miss wide. They, they just kind of started that way, and, and then they stayed true. Interesting long snapper notes here. Clark Harris, I think, snapped all the field goals, and, and Cal Adamitis snapped the extra points from what I saw. Drew Christman did get to hold hold one of the, the field goals. Kevin, Hul- Kevin Huber ended up holding two. I, I thought the punter battle, not, not that there's a ton of, of noteworthy stuff from the punters in this game. I thought the punter battle was somewhat even. Kevin Huber hit a nice 50-yard punt. It ended up with a 55-yard return, but I don't think that was on Huber. I thought that he hit it with pretty good hang time there. He had, you know, I, I thought the guys punted pretty pretty well, uh, pretty well equal is, is how I would describe the punters mm-hmm. on, on, on Friday night. So not a whole lot there. Um, how about Joe Burrow before the game? Mm-hmm. Doing something that we haven't seen. Running with his team and, and not just you know, a nice casual jog, not sprinting, I wouldn't say full out either, but certainly a run with his teammates that weren't playing as the guys that didn't dress for the game. The the starters went out and, and did a little workout before the game. Yeah, it was great. I, I would say, you know, 70%, maybe something like he was running hard. You know, they were all, you know, working up a sweat. And that's the thing is he went through all that, the pregame with all these guys that weren't playing in the game and then he still stood on the sidelines it wasn't like he was super fatigued or anything like that and so i asked zach after the the game i was like has he thrown (laughs) because he's like yeah he's been running i'm like oh it's big news to us so has he thrown and he said just what you saw at practice which might be true uh it might not be i would say that i if you can run like that I think you could throw. You use your core when you run. Like, that's something you do. And I know that's it. Like, you're thinking, like, if you're throwing an NFL ball especially, you're using your core. I I think it all goes hand in hand. I think we're going to see Joe Burrow throw this week. And I don't think it's that much of a take. Might see it as soon as Sunday, the next time the Bengals practice. We'll see. But uh, would not be shocked at all if Joe Burrow throws this week. Definitely taking steps in the right direction is Joe Burrow and and we will see him continue to improve and feel healthier. He's got to put a little bit of weight back on, but he will get there and it's nice to see him taking those strides. Every time there's a stride to take, it's it's enjoyable to watch. Jesse Bates, a surprise attendee. Mm-hmm. And I loved Zach Taylor's reaction when he was asked if he knew Jesse Bates was there. He's like, "Yeah, he's in my suite." He didn't know. He he didn't know Jesse Bates. Was, yeah. was at the game and it's nice that he's out there supporting his teammates watching the team getting a feel for what's going on do you think it means anything james i think it means just that that he wants his teammates to to know that he cares and that he's here even though he's not here and, and I, I don't think it goes much farther than that he was wearing the red hat wasn't wearing bengal's gear i don't think that matters i think that was more of a i don't want to be recognized coming in and out of the stadium more so than anything um but yeah i think uh he's going to be back in a couple of weeks uh, it, it might not be tomorrow i know there was that 
social media speculation about his locker that I missed that was like this whole thing. Someone, I, was it Charlie? Someone came up to me in the locker room like, was that there? Bates' locker? I was like, yeah, it's been there. And of course, like, yeah. They didn't just evacuate his locker. <laughs> of course it's there. It's Jesse Bates. He didn't lose his locker. So um, anyways, I'm, I'm glad we cleared that up. But yeah, he... Uh, it was it was good that he was and he was right underneath like where the press room was. So mm-hmm. I thought about trying to sneak down to his suite and get the exclusive. Didn't think it was the best idea, so that <laughs> did not happen. Probably um, wise. Wise, yeah. But uh, no, I expect Jesse back. You know, b- before week one or or right when he needs to be September third or so. Um, but the other one, who's also unsigned mm-hmm. and not on the franchise tag. But just also trolling in Cincinnati, just trolling, just and, and we know Quentin Spain reads social media. Yeah. We do like that's something he does a lot. He admits it. He he loves it. He uses it as fuel. All of those things. Well, he's still a free agent. And Jackson Carmen getting beat. Friend of the show, Joe Goodberry tweeting at Quentin Spain. Hey, Quentin Spain, you up? We're like five minutes into the first preseason game, and. uh <laughs> Quentin Spain responded with the ultimate troll job, I thought, by tweeting a picture of the downtown Cincinnati, clearly making it known, hey, I'm right here. Y'all yep. need someone. I'm right here. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit as well. <laughs> my, my last fun note is apparently, and this is not Bengals related, but I find this hilarious. Cliff Kingsbury was going to let Kyler Murray call plays in the fourth quarter according to the but, Cardinals pregame show. Yeah. And the Cardinals in the fourth quarter had a total, had two, two real drives and then they took two knees to end the game, but had six plays on those two drives for zero yards. After the story about uh, Kingsbury's telling Kyler, this, this ain't easy. So I, I, I found that to be a little entertaining. Now, the thing that I tease going into the third segment, James, talking about Quentin Spain, Uh, Some other guys that I might call if I were overreacting and maybe not overreacting, but if I were knee jerk reacting to week one, Bobby Massey or Brandon Shell, maybe even Jason Peters, who was, I think, in the news recently for potentially signing somewhere. But uh, as far as I know, those guys all free agents. But after what I saw from the, the guys the Bengals had to tackle on Friday night, I would feel more comfortable with some veteran depth at tackle in addition to Quentin Spain. And after Mitchell Wilcox left the game with an injury and from what I saw from the rest of the Bengals tight ends, I'm ready to call, you know, Jesse James is a, is a first tight end. I saw that's a free agent who I think can block a little bit uh, and, and maybe do a little bit of something as a tight end, but Eric Ebron, uh, maybe, I don't know. Can he block? I don't know. I don't don't think so. And, and just like when I'm, when I'm looking at this team right now, that, that's where I'm looking for a little bit more depth. A guard, yeah. a, a tackle that's got some veteraniness, some experience, and, mm-hmm. and a tight end. And I don't think the Bengals are necessarily going to do this, but they can't be feeling great about that depth right now. No, I, I think they are going to go out and probably look at tight end for sure. Tight end, and, yes. And just based on injuries, you almost have to just have enough guys to play but offensive line i agree like what's the fly in the ointment obviously injuries every team so what is it it's going to be the offensive line and we know that uh also before we get out of here cam taylor Britt 
sucks that he couldn't play. Core yeah. muscle injury. Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network reporting that it's going to be multiple weeks for Cam Taylor Britt. So we'll see. Zach Taylor said he'll have an update hopefully Monday. He said Sunday, Monday, something like that. So next we hear about it, we'll, we'll keep you up to date. But talk about depth. Depth at corner gets a little different without Cam Taylor Britt. It, it feels much more shallow without one of those guys. So yeah, we'll see. I agree. One of the one of the big issues with the Bengals defense early in this game was in the secondary for sure, where where they were playing guys that are practice squad players most likely. But uh, if Cam Taylor Britt can't go and is out for an extended period of time, one of those guys might need to fill out the back of the roster for a while. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on Cam Taylor Britt's health as well. I think that's it. I think those are all of the big notes from this game. We're, we're going to, I'm sure, have a, a chance to go take another look at the offensive line here. We'll be back on Sunday. The Bengals will be back at practice uh, so we'll, we'll put out an episode after that practice. It'll be late on Sunday for you for your Monday commute or on Sunday night if you're just anxious. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you. Until next time, day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.